When the sun rises, I wake up and chase my dreams. I won't regret when the sun sets, cause I live my life like I'm a beast. What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. How you doing, Justin? Good, G-Spot. How you doing? G-Spot. You, you must have a list of just names that you're going to call me. We got, what, 11 episodes, so I expect some more coming. It's going to get tough as it goes on. I'm going to do my best. So I hope you guys enjoyed last episode. I really did, talking about your team. And one thing that Justin is huge on is the customer experience and the customer service component of his practice. If you haven't noticed it yet, uh, I think after this next two episodes, you will really notice it. And Justin, this is going to be a two-parter, correct? Correct. Yep. So we're going to do two parts for you. And I think we should just go ahead and dive in. This will be really good. And this is kind of the foundation for Justin's philosophy on patient interaction and everything that he does is kind of geared around his customer service. So yep. you do make a comment about your practice in the course where it's there. It's about the people you serve. And right. can you go ahead and kind of talk about that? Um, well, I think you pretty much summed it up now. So, yes, I think your practice is about the people you serve, whether that's your patients, your team. Again, it's not about me. I can have my way four days a week, 300 and, or 240 days a year. I can have things the way I want it. When I'm at my office, my my focus is on my team and my patients, squashing my pride, squashing the things that I may want. Um, and I just – we try to overpromise and we try to overdeliver and I think that's what top practices do. So you overpromise? Yeah, I mean I think we always let them know like and I think overpromise is maybe that's maybe that's just kind of a cliche phrase now that I think about it. But we try to tell them we're going to give them an amazing experience. I'm trying you know I'm going to try to tell a patient, you know what? When we get done with your smile, it is going to blow you away. You know, in if we don't nail it the first time, we're going to get it so you're in love with it and you're going to wish you had done this 10 years ago. Um, and then we try to deliver and I try to answer to that. And it kind of holds me accountable. You know, when I tell a patient or my front desk tells the patients or we're all telling patients like, hey, you're going to get great service here. You're going to have a great cleaning. You're going to really like Dr. Short, blah, blah, blah. Like we want those things to happen. We want patients leaving our office feeling better about themselves, not just good about our office. I know I mentioned that before, may mention it 20 more times because that's really kind of our MO. Um, people like being around people who make them feel better about themselves. In the story, like that's the truth, whether we want to admit it or not. And that's what we try to do for the people that come in our office. And so how do you go about accomplishing that? Because you talk about on the course where you break it down into six phases, first one being, you know, the initial phone call, answering the phone. Can you kind of go through that process of how you break down customer service? Yeah, I'd say let's kind of just go through them one by one. I break it down like, I think, six phases inside the course. The first one's the phone. So if you kind of want to start there, we can discuss that. Absolutely. I'll just let you take it away. Since you got all six, you taught the course. Why don't you just kind of go through them all for our listeners um, one by one and say what you need to say for them? Well, what I was going to say is let's just, yeah, let's go through them. Like, let's start with phone. Let's go through that. And then we'll go on to the next one. Go through that as opposed to just listing them out. And 
Oh, absolutely. That yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to do. Okay, sorry. Perfect. I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, so let's start with phone. I think number one is scripts. I think that's one thing that makes me a little bit different is I don't like scripts. I think, and number number two on that, don't underestimate the importance of the first phone call. Like Patients are assuming a lot based off that call. Like Feel the pressure of that first call. And they direct whatever they're feeling from that first interaction. They're going to direct it right on you, whether it's justified or it's not. Is the person answering the phone? You know, are they sloppy in their presentation? Are they rushed? Are they crabby? Are they short with the patient? Do they sound like they smoke a pack a day? Like whatever that patient's taken away from that, they're putting it right back on you. They must assume, hey, this office, this whole office must be like this. And I think it can work for your detriment. I think it can work for your benefit. You know, if that person on the phone's a 10 and they're doing what they need to do, then you're going to get the good attributes as well. They're going to think that you must be good and the rest of your team must be good. So what kind of things so, are you looking for on that first phone call? I think in the course, I have a list of 15 different things. And again, none of them necessarily revolve around scripts. I think when people... That's kind of my big thing with the phone. I'm big anti-scripts. You know, people start, I think people, your team starts to get dependent on the scripts and then things start to fall apart when the person calling doesn't follow their script, which they don't most of the time. And for me, I prefer my team have a whole quiver of principles to use instead of just being a one script pony. You know, I want, I want my team to be able to adapt to the patient, think on their feet and make the patient love us regardless of what the patient presents with, either treatment-wise or attitude-wise. You figure it out, and you bend how you need to to get that patient in and get them warmed up to start knowing, liking, and trusting our office before they even get in. So if you want to go through the, the 15 things I list in the course, we can and just get, talk about each one. Just to Yeah, sure. Briefly. I wrote them down when I was going through it because I, I really liked them. So your first yeah. one is you're answering the phone with a smile. Okay. And then good. I'm I'm glad you wrote them down because I was just thinking like, man, I hope he doesn't ask me to like recite those uh, <laughs> 15 things from memory. So yeah, let's we'll go through one by one. Answer with a smile. You know, I think pretty self-explanatory. I, I tell my team physically smile, then pick up the phone. I don't care if you're not having a great day. I don't care if you're stressed out, bored, whatever. The smile that you put on is not is for the patient. It's not for you. You cannot smile after work if you want. Like, don't be selfish. Don't put yourself first. Suck it up and give whoever's calling the office a great experience. And it starts with smiling before you pick up the phone. Yeah, I think the next one, that's by the way, I kind of have this funny image in my head of your front desk individual just having this really fake smile and then picking up the phone. But I think it is effective because it does actually communicate through their voice. And so... Yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell if someone's smiling or grumpy just by talking to them, whether you can't see their facial expressions or not. Like, you get the, the idea. So Absolutely. And, and it's just kind of like the joker in our office. We just paint that smile on, and then we're done. And then the next one is kind of on the same lines, you know, have energy, be excited, you know, don't be kind of low energy on the phone. Right. The example I use when I'm training my team is, like, I want that patient to to be thinking like, what the heck is going on in that office? I've got to get in there and figure out why it's so darn good up in there. You don't have to be like 
crush some Adderall or you just did a line of Coke energy. I've never done that, honestly. But, uh, you know, you don't want to be stupid about it, but you've got to have positive energy. And then totally you save one. free to edit out that, that previous line. Nope, that's staying in. Perfect. <laughs> um, where you say, be the patient's friend and ally. Um, that's the next one on the list. Can you kind of talk about that one a bit? I tell my team to act like you've been the patient's friend for years. I mean, they're just another person, just like you when you call a business for the first time. Don't freak out. It's just what it is. Two people talking. Patients care about themselves, and they're looking to find an office that cares about them also. At their business, it's their responsibility to care about you. In our business, at our office, it's our responsibility to be the ones caring for them and showing them that we care. Yeah, I think that's exactly what you're going for. I Yeah, I really like that. And then the next one is pretty self-explanatory. Answer the phone fast. You know, I, I think that's, you know, what do you say? A couple rings, three? Um, I definitely like to get on the first two. I tell my team, let's imagine when somebody calls the office, we're starting out as a 10. Every time that phone rings before we pick up, we're going down one notch. So after a ring, we're a nine, then an eight, then a seven. Um, I want to start out as a 10 and I want us to stay as a 10. So if you want to see me get red face, like, let the phone ring five five times and you'll see some anger. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but, you know, we do our best to answer the phone quick. And then you talk about um, empathizing with patients on the phone. But what I mean by that is show them you really care. And I know we touched on that on a couple of them, but it's really important. People want to know that we care. Let them know you know how bad a toothache is. Um, let them know you give a darn and then uh, work with them to to get them in and get it fixed. But show them you care. Show them you understand what they're going through. And I think that's what patients are looking for. And they're not getting it from most of the offices they're calling. And then the next one is saying something, uh, some validation or saying something good about the doctor. Can you kind of talk about that one a little bit more? Yeah. And I think that the validation, I also kind of combine it with um, saying something good about the doctor or somebody in the office. And I think this is really important. So let's go into this a little bit. When a patient calls your office, they've already chosen you. Like they pick you either based on word of mouth, reviews, advertising, something. For some reason, they chose you out of the 100 different offices they could have called. They just want to know they made the right decision. Our rule, it's not a suggestion. It's just something we do is before you get off the phone, I don't care who's taking the call, you need to say something good about either the doctor, which in our office is me, or the person that they're going to be seeing. For instance, George, I'm sorry you're having that toothache, but I can tell you, you have called the right office. Dr. Short takes great care of all of our patients, and I know you're going to love him. Or... George, you're going to be seeing Amanda for your cleaning that day. You are going to love her. She gives the absolute best cleanings. And then, you know, we'll also take it another step further. And I know this may sound goofy, but I'm telling you, this makes a big difference. You are warming up your patient. So, for example, my hygienist will do the same thing. Let's say a new patient comes in. They go straight to hygiene. I haven't met them. Um, when she's done with her cleaning, before she comes to get me, she'll ask them, have you met Dr. Short? Even if she knows they haven't. No? Oh, you're really going to like him. He's really laid back or 
blah, 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 something good. And by doing that between the person answering the call, then my hygienist doing it, it's almost like receiving two referrals before I ever even meet the patient. We've set the expectation. We've told the patient, you're going to like Dr. Short. So it makes it much harder for me to come in and blow it. You know, you're taking this new patient or any patient through a process, whether they realize it or not. You're taking a cold or warm lead and making them even warmer. You're helping them and setting the stage to help them more, quick, more quickly know, like, and trust your office. And that's when patients, patients accept treatment, and that's when patients refer other people. And I'll give you an example. Um, my mom was, growing up, was friends with the dental assistant in the dental office that we went to. And so we'd see this dental assistant outside the office, you know, at you know, just social gatherings or whatever. And even being young, I can remember her talking good about her boss. And, you know, she would say what a great boss he is or just other good things. You can tell she really liked him. So, you know, we went into the office and we, you know, we already thought he walked on water before we even got in there. We trusted him before we even went in. You know, most people like to talk bad about their boss. So it really sticks out when people talk good about them. And I'll do the same thing for my team. I'll, I'll talk them up to patients as well. And it's constantly this building each other up to warm the patients up and set their expectations. And, you know, can we turn it around? Yeah, we can blow it. You know, but l let's say you're going to uh, a movie or a restaurant. You've had like five people say, George, you're going to love this restaurant. You're going to love this movie. It's the best movie I ever saw. It's incredible, blah, blah, blah. Like either that restaurant or that movie, it has to be extra bad for you to think that it wasn't good because all these other people have already socially validated like, you know, this is good stuff. It must be something wrong with you, George, if you don't like this restaurant or you don't like this movie. So it's just you're setting the expectations. Yeah, that and I think that's absolutely. And, you know, in my mind, and kind of maybe our listeners' mind was talking about acquisitions. You know, I think this is huge coming into an office and not knowing the patient, but having that validation, you know, from the time they step in till the time you meet them as the new guy. Um, it, I think it really helps transfer that goodwill. And yeah, absolutely. New patient or not, I think it'll be very valuable for me. Yeah, it, it is definitely valuable. And it's hard. Let's be honest. It's not easy to go into a brand new office with a team that's been there for 10 years with a doctor that's been there for 30 years and tell them, hey, this is kind of how we're going to work this. And I need you guys, when someone calls, to say something good about me. You know, I, I don't want you to lie to them. Maybe I've made this impression on you or I've made this impression. But this is why we're doing this. And, you know, it's not easy. Even when I first did it and I had been working with my team for a little while, it's still not easy to say, hey, I want you to say something good about me. Um, but I think with the right team, if you create the vision and you show them kind of why we're doing this and we're doing it to help patients to warm them up and help them accept the treatment that they need or we wouldn't have suggested in the first place, I think the right team is going to get it. They're going to buy into it. But I understand that it may not be the easiest thing they want to go in and do, but it's worth it. Absolutely. And yeah, I think from an acquisitions perspective, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's also uncomfortable, but 
yeah. I think that goes back to what we don't stop talking about is front-loading that process. Right, exactly. And so the next one on your list is um, getting their name and using it often. Um, as a Dale Carnegie fan, you know, this one, I like it a lot. Can you go ahead and talk about it? Yeah. Well, the I'm assuming the quote you're referring to um, that Dale Carnegie said is, remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. And I, I literally will, like, think of that quote every day that I'm at work. You know, it will remind me to use that person's name. Um, not, like, awkwardly too much, but while we're doing procedure, hey, Sam, can you turn this way? Or, hey, Sam, how you doing? You're doing great, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the key, especially in the phone, is to get their name and then to use their name throughout the conversation. Yeah, and wow, you just pulled that Dale Carnegie quote off the top of your head. That is impressive. I, I Like I said, I literally will repeat it to myself almost every day that I work. Like, these aren't things that, like, I'm a real dentist as of right now, still. You know, I've been a real dentist for 12 years. Everything that I've put in my course and that I share with my clients is stuff that I do, that I've done, that I use on a daily basis. And it's the stuff that I've, to really boil it down to what I feel has made the biggest difference. So I get it. That's where I'm at. So what you're saying is you're a really weird guy. Um, in, in a nutshell, that's basically just what I should have said. It could have saved us about five minutes. Now. Okay. And moving on, you talked about using their name. And then you also right. talked about one thing that I, I like is mirror and match. Um, for our listeners, can you kind of explain that topic? I think it's important. Yeah, I think well, I think I cover it later in uh, the course um, with treatment presentation and uh, case acceptance. But how I mean it in relation to the phone is when you mirror and match or essentially act like the person you're interacting with, you're essentially saying to them, I am like you, so you can like me. Are they talking slow and quiet? Then you slow it down a little bit and talk a little quieter. Are they talking fast? Then you try to act like you're being as efficient as possible and trying to hammer out this appointment so they can get off the phone with you. Um, are they joking? Then, you know, I just want you to kind of learn to join that party. Uh, I want my team to kind of just learn to join the party, whatever the patient's putting out. Learn to mirror whatever they're putting out there. Absolutely. And then you talked about it a little bit with the referrals and the reviews and, you know, however they found you, you know, they've already picked you. Then you talk about, you know, asking them how they found out. Is that something that you do on every phone call? Yeah, I think it's just good business of finding out um, how they found your office. You know, we take any info that is given and we use it to our advantage to more effectively build rapport. And like we're sincere, but we're also very calculated in our office. Like there's a reason why we're doing most of the little things that seem just natural. Like there's no rhyme or reason to them. Like we've worked hard to make it appear that way, but most of the things, you know, we're doing are strategic and they're calculated and it's to build more effectively, build our relationships with our patients. And then the next one on your list is, you say to never try to be cute or sneaky. Um, yep. I want to actually kind of start. I was going to ask you about that one. Um, yeah. So I cannot stand 
again, this is just personal Justin uh, weird guy style, is I cannot stand the three-minute scripted dialogue people give to explain how you don't take their insurance. I do a lot. I've almost, you know, on all the most, I won't say all, but I'll say most coaches or consultants um, like to use that. You know, say, don't just tell people you don't accept their insurance. Like, this is what you should say and, like, try to, like, fake them out on this long, long speech. To me, it's not real life. It's easy to tell someone to do. Like, if I'd never been a dentist, I would probably tell dentists to do the same darn thing. Like, hey, you don't want to lose a patient by telling them you don't accept their insurance, so this is what you got to say. But you know what? Once you've been in the trenches, you know trying to do that is a nightmare. And to me, it's just bullcrap. So people aren't dummies. If their first question they ask when they call is, are you a network with my insurance? That's probably their biggest concern. So we're just honest. We'll tell them, you know, we're nice about it, and we will still employ the other principles we've used. You know, like, you know what, Joe? I'm sorry, we're not in your network. Um, We are out of network. We'd still love to have you visit us, but I know you were just trying to find someone in network, and and we're not. So is there anything else we can do for you or help you? We'd still love to have you visit, whatever. But we just tell them, you know what? No, we're not in your network. There. Yeah, I like that. And I think that kind of goes back to your whole philosophy. And then we talk about tone on the phone. And I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of answering with a smile. Would you say we've kind of talked about that one already? Yeah. I mean, I think just the idea there is there's there's different ways. You can say the same exact words, but with a different tone, you can give different effects or different meanings. So everything counts. Watch your tone. Make sure you're putting your best foot forward. And then this is kind of the on the same topic of insurance. You know, how do you handle cost questions? I think that's a big that's a big topic. Yeah, I think it goes back to don't try to be cute and sneaky, um, but still use the other principles we've covered. Get their name, say something good about the office, hide that hate about us, give them the cost they want, and say, what else can I answer for you? We'd love to have you come in and see us, or we'd love to have you visit us. So, But we don't we don't bullcrap with them. If, they, if they're calling just for a cost, I'm not going to try to trick them. Um, I'm not going to say, oh, I can't give you a cost over the phone. Like You've got to come in for a consult, and we got to check you out, and you got to waste your time um, and maybe waste our time. But, you know, here it is. We'd love to have you visit. Can we set you up and get you in? Yeah, I like that. And then you talk about, um, like, collecting information about them personally over the phone. What, yeah. what are you guys collecting, and how are you guys using that information? Um, I think this is another small one, but a big one for me. And the idea is we collect all information and put it in the computer. Like I'm not going to ask them, you know, a bunch of personal questions, but sometimes just in normal conversation, person to person, things come out. Maybe you find out that they're nervous or they just moved to town or that they're getting married and they want to get some stuff done before then. We then, we don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. We put it in our computer and their personal notes. We then use that information to help us build rapport when they come in. So, for example, the patient calls. They give some some information. We schedule them. Um, Hygienist gets them, brings them back to their room. She may say, hey, George, I heard you just moved to St. Louis. What brought you to town? George is like, how the hell did you know I just moved to St. Louis? But it all goes back to, for me, 
is that running a successful dental practice is 90% about relationships and 10% about dentistry. To me, dentistry is the easiest part, the easy part. Most any dentist can do dentistry, but few become masters at building rapport. And that's what separates some offices from the rest of the pack. So we collect all information patients put out there, wedding, vacations, number of children, ages, hobbies, grandchildren, where they work, training for a marathon. Um, and then when they we see them again, or if we have to call them down the road, hey, George, I uh, just want to let you know you're due for your recall exam. Great. Um, by the way, how'd your marathon go? Or how'd that vacation go? You know, we don't interrogate them to get this information. And I'm talking about now, like, stuff that may come up during a hygiene exam or not just on the phone. Kind of ranting here. But basically, any information they give, we collect, and we use it to build a report on the road. I'll leave it there. Absolutely. I think that's kind of a great way to end the phone topic of things that you do on the phone. One thing, I was talking to Dr. Derek Williams in his interview, and he talks about how he makes it easy, um, and he gets patients in quickly, and he found that maybe a lot of his growth was from that. And um, can you kind of talk about that? Is that something that came from you? Um. I'm big on making it easy for patients to get in. And I think to me, it's almost common sense. What if every time you wanted to go visit a friend, they told you they were booked for two months and you had to fill out a bunch of paperwork before you could come over? How'd that make you feel? Um, if emergencies call, and I tell this to all my clients, I don't care how booked we are. I may have 10 persons deep per column. I'm going to tell that person just to come in. We may let them know there may be a little wait because we're busy, we're booked. But we're going to get them in. And the reason is, I know if I don't, someone else will. And if a patient has gone far enough to call my office, I'm going to do everything in my power not to lose them. Who knows what the lifetime value of that patient may be, or how many people they'll refer, or whatever. Letting patients who want to come into your office slip through your fingers is not a hallmark of a wildly successful period. And so do you tell your front desk, you know, do you, do you like, cause obviously during the middle of the day, you know, they don't have time. Hey, so-and-so called, it's an emergency. When can we see them? Do, do they kind of just know when are the good spots? hundred percent. They know that it's a major no, no. If someone called, I mean, honestly, like to me, a lot of times those are the easiest production things to do. Patient calls, they just broke a tooth. They want to get in today. Oh, sorry, I'm busy. I can't get you in today. How about next week? Like they're going to call around until someone gets them in. And when someone gets them in, they're probably going to take two seconds to look at that crown or that tooth and say, hey, you need a crown. And that patient's probably going to say, yes, please do it. Can you do it right now? And I'm not willing, you know, my front desk knows we don't let those patients slip through. You've got to spend some time with your team going through these principles and training them. You know, go through examples with them. You know, role play with them if you have to. Act like you're someone calling up. Act like they're answering the phone. How are they going to handle it? And to me, it's it's the principles and empowering your team that create an awesome practice that doesn't need to be micromanaged. Scripts, to me, is a way of micromanaging. It conveys to me, hey, you're not really bright enough to grasp these principles and apply them, so I'm just going to tell you exactly what to say. And my feeling would be if my team member can't fully grasp these principles and apply them with some training, I get that it's not just going to happen, um, 
then they're probably not the right person for the team. And how do you go about training your team to get those things down that we've discussed? Basically kind of what I just said. You know, it's just working with them, being intentional, sitting down and, and just practicing role play for an hour. Okay, patient calls with this. What are you going to say? What's the first thing you're going to say? You're going to get their name. You're going to say something good about our office. You're going to have a smile, have a positive attitude. You're going to get them in. And so I think those are the biggest thing. It's just setting aside time to work with them, go through. And it's not rocket science. Like, honestly, spending an hour going through all these principles and role-playing a few times with everyone, and you could even make like a a cheat sheet up front if you needed to for a while. Like if the people, if you're hiring good people, if you have good people in there, that's all it's going to take. And then stay on them, make sure they're doing it. And then, but most people will never spend that time. You know, most people will never be that intentional to say, this is how I want it done. This is what we're going to do. This, these are principles I want you to incorporate. I want you to say, make sure every patient that calls, you, you say something good about our office People don't want to do that. They don't want to have those hard, you know, and they're not even that hard, but those conversations with their team. And they end up putting off the rewards and success that they could have if they would. And I noticed that kind of a theme throughout the, we, we finished talking about your team, but it kind of always comes up where you talk about if they're not willing to do so-and-so, then they're just not a good fit for the team. You know, <laughs> what would you say to somebody who felt like, man, that's kind of harsh, you know, I feel like, you know, that might be just a little bit cutthroat of you, but what do you say to that person? I would say, you know what? I don't want to come across harsh. That's definitely not my goal. You know, and I would let them know if I say someone isn't the right fit for your office or my office, I'm not saying they're a bad person. That's two totally different things. You know, people could be great people in every respect and just not be a perfect fit for that duty or that job. And it comes down to is that I know the firsthand, 100% I've done it, I'm a dentist, um, I get it, because I'm still, I do it every day. I've done it and I've built a successful practice off these principles. And I've seen them work with my clients. Um, I know the importance of having the right team in place. You know, I tell the dentist or whoever, you've worked hard, you spend a lot of money and time to get where you're at. And I don't want an underperforming team sabotaging that. To me, that's harsh. When I'm working with a client, they are the ones I care about. Their success is what I'm there for. And I'm going to do whatever I can do in my power to help them and ensure that success. And if that's a little cutthroat at times, if it's a little bit harsh, um, you know, that's not my goal. That's not my heart in the process. But I'm going to do whatever I can for the people who are working with me um, to make sure they succeed. So I think that's perfect. I think that's kind of the perfect thing to take with us as we take this little break in the customer service section. Um, okay. We're going to continue it next week. And, you know, I think that's fantastic. I like that philosophy that you have. And, you know, I'm definitely on board with you there. Thanks. Thanks.
never break a sweat Cause I live my life like it's all I got